What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Messy Roots Podcast. I am your host, Marge Vaughn, and it is Juneteenth. Yes, and I love it. Um, super amazing. And then yesterday was also Father's Day, um, which um, for those who celebrated, yes, in the States, right? I think some people even outside of the States celebrate as well. And then this week is also my birthday. A lot going on, right? A lot of celebrations. But I think, like, that's what's so really cool about this episode um, is the title of it is, right, um, The Son of the Hustler is Born. And what I love about this episode is that me and my dad talk even deeper about queer issues, raising, um, even in a sense, like, raising me. We'll talk about even more of that in the final part. Um, but more what I got of this is like how he continued to expose me to just like so many different things, him and my mom, um, both of them really exposed me to so many different things. Um, and the womb and all of that type of stuff. It's just super amazing to hear my dad talk about this perspective. Um, I want to take some time in this part to define hustler and like what does hustler actually mean and oftentimes it just seems like it's a it's a negative word definitely with like soft life um these days it's like people don't necessarily use the word hustle but i love that word because to me it is intentional action it is actually like targeting your purpose and actually going for the things that you know that are actually meant for you and it does mean rest. It does mean taking time to actually sit back and reflect. But a hustler is somebody who sees it and continues to go forward regardless of that adversity that they face. And so you're going to hear that adversity in this in this um, uh, uh, third part of the Messy Roots podcast. And I really want you to take that all in. We are all hustlers. We are children of the hustle. I am a son of the hustle, and a hustle is born. I'm excited for y'all to listen to this one. Enjoy. So talk about, um, like, my childhood, like, how was I as a kid and growing up? <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things, it was just, what well, well, we were taught that you talk to a child into the womb. Mm -hmm. I think you had the love for music and talk mm -hmm. because while your mother was pregnant, she was going to choir rehearsal. Mm -hmm. So that mm -hmm. helped develop your love for music and mm. love for the piano. Hmm. And we read. But I didn't stay with the piano, unfortunately. I know. <laughs> that was one of my dreams. I know. Man, you used to. Mind yeah, let me tell you, your childhood. Man, I wish I could play. Yeah, I used some, to pay for piano lessons and everything. You had to play the pianos and stuff. And man, and you used to sit down at your little piano. I got a video somewhere. <laughs> I wish I could find a few. Sitting down, man. You used to do stuff, man. That 
uh, you used to make up songs and be at your piano playing. Mm-hmm. And, and I and I would just go in and just start singing with you, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I actually do remember those because I had a small piano. Yeah, that's small. A little Wooden brown. Piano. Yeah, the, yeah. Oh, I used to stand up there and down yeah. the piano and stuff. <laughs> And that's why we, we you got later on. That's why you had piano lessons. Yeah, because you yeah. developed that love for the piano. Huh. And so, one of the things would also what, what I taught was, and I taught you was, education was the key to freedom. And you all only way you was gonna be free, mm-hmm. you had to have an education. And so therefore, you don't decide for a child. Mm-hmm. You have to expose them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, and I used to always tell you, I don't know what plans God have for you. Mm-hmm. But as a parent, it's my responsibility to expose you to as much things that I can as possible mm-hmm. and then allow you to choose. Yeah, no, I was able to um, get into a lot of different Every, stuff, like art and camp. Yeah, with different everything, camps whatever and stuff. Yeah. Your uncle was an artist, mm-hmm. and when you would see your uncle's artwork, Mm-hmm. And next thing you that's next and that's and you you started drawing mm-hmm. and you know, writing books and, and stuff right, and because yeah. hey, it, you wrote books man uh one of the best things I like is was was you had your toys when you uh-huh. had, I, I can't remember recall what age but we were living over off of, uh when we were staying up on Grove uh-huh. this is one of the things that you did this is how we knew that you were going to be a businessman. <laughs> oh yeah. You had all your toys, right? <laughs> and you wanted me to buy some buy you some more toys. Cause we loved the little cars and stuff. Uh-huh. Matchbox toys and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I told you I said, Well Ma, you got enough toys if you want if you know. <laughs> I don't know how if I told you go make you some money or whatever. I said, Well what you did was you took your toys uh-huh. and you Sat outside with your toys and started selling your toys <laughs> to make you some money uh-huh. so you could go and buy, make some more. And I had employees too. And you got so good at it. <laughs> you hired your sister and a couple of your friends selling your toys and you paid them and you had money. Uh-huh. You knew then. You knew then. You just used to do remarkable stuff, man. It just. It was just so natural, mm-hmm. and you put on plays. I, I'll never mm-hmm. forget with that time when you, me, and your mother sat down, and, and I don't know how what made you put on the play. <laughs> and your sister boy, you you put on the play for us. <laughs> we just allowed you to be free and experience yeah. what you want. Yeah, I know that is so true. And your memories, and then we, yeah. uh, then. Uh, we, we always took you places and mm-hmm. we made sure every year as a family we took you somewhere mm-hmm. so you got to see things and you so you wouldn't be the commercial Merle, Merle Lynch know no boundaries mm-hmm. so therefore I, how could I put boundaries on you the mm-hmm. only, only problem we had was you always kept a messy room <laughs> I know and you always <laughs> kept a messy room man and I, I wanted to kill you about your room but it, you would always come back when I would say something to you. You would always come back and say something to me uh-huh. that made sense and it was logical. <laughs> and when your room would be messy, and your mom and your mama's like, "Well, what you gonna do about his room?" And when I came in there, I told you, I said, "Mario, man, come on, man, you keep 
what about your room, man? You see, <laughs> he said, my room is the only place that I can be myself. Uh-huh. If I can't be myself in my room, then where can I be myself? And I walked out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's good. And that's what I told your mother. And I never bothered you about your room. Yeah, yeah, I never did. Yep. And to this day, you still keep a mess. I still do. I, I do. Everywhere house. else in I my be house like, oh could my be God, clean. This grown ass it, well, man. now it's my closet. My closet is a mess. My bedroom is nice, but my closet is not good. Uh-uh. Yeah. That's nothing. That's your phone. Yeah. Well, that's fine. We'll just let it um, play yeah, out. Yeah. So like that to me was was good. The juvenile, the, like well, when you went was a boot camp sergeant, and you know you would take me and my sister there, but you trusted them. But talk about like you being at the, you know, a boot camp sergeant at the juvenile detention center, because that was big. Look, yeah. Uh, at the and at the well, what happened was mm-hmm. one of the things. I looked around and I, uh, the problem was with the boot camp program, after the kids went through the first part, it was aftercare. Mm-hmm. And the kids would always go AWOL in aftercare. Mm-hmm. They would never finish the program. So, hmm. uh, But it was a successful program. But it had one piece missing. Now, I was always taught to find, if you have a problem, mm-hmm. you don't present a problem Mm-hmm. Without presenting a solution to the problem, mm-hmm. that's me. Okay, <laughs> so there, I'm yes. not going to tell you about the problem uh, um, mm-hmm. until after, uh, unless I just can't find a solution. Mm-hmm. So, what I did was, and because I didn't have a degree, it was only certain things that I could and could not do. Mm-hmm. I was limited, so I had become. My prior experience as a geriatric outreach worker mm-hmm. through Case Western Reserve and Ames Jobs Program mm-hmm. had taught me how to work in the field and out and be a uh, social worker in the field. Mm. So that's where I had got that training from. Mm-hmm. I had did a year's training at Case Western Reserve University mm-hmm. to be an outreach worker. Mm-hmm. So I looked. At, so I already had the knowledge to be an outreach worker. Mm-hmm. So I said, how can I reach these kids mm-hmm. and refuse to come back in here? Mm. So through, I said my little prayers, and God said, you're going to develop your own program. Mm. And this is what you're going to do. You're going to go out into community mm-hmm. and meet with the kids. Mm. Okay? So mm-hmm. that they could stay and connect with the program. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, the good thing about that was, I also helped us keep the kids staying focused by their uh, and how I was able to make the kids better in mm-hmm. the regular part was, mm-hmm. I made the outreach like a a, a prize, mm-hmm. like an incentive. Yes. Yeah. An incentive. Hmm. So the only way you can get into the outreach program hmm. and be with Mr. Shaw is you have to do good here and mm. be recommended to get into outreach. Mm. Okay. And so 
The kids hated coming to the center. Mm-hmm. That was one of our problems. No, they didn't want to be associated with boot camp. They didn't want people to know that they was criminals. Mm. Okay, so how do you resolve that? Mm-hmm. So, okay. That was one of the main reasons why they wasn't coming into the center. Mm. So I said, oh, okay. So I told them, if y'all meet me out in the field, mm-hmm. that counts as a visit. Okay. Mm. And as long as you visit with me once a week, mm-hmm. I have no problem. And brew and two, I made my rules so simple, man. <laughs> See you that you know, that that's mm-hmm. another part. God showed me how mm-hmm. there's too many rules. You mm-hmm. see, I, I gave him Ten Commandments and they couldn't even follow them. <laughs> <laughs> so he gave me these rules and everything, and you know, as all as it all comes back to me now, is that God was helping me develop this program. And I said that and I told the kids and I and I told them, I said, This is how we gonna do this. Mm-hmm. Now I went out and I met with all the kids. Once while I caught up with them, that we they were AWOL. We didn't know where they at, what was they was doing. Mm-hmm. So once I got out in the field and I fought, caught up with them, and I told them that was how we stayed in touch with them hmm. through me, mm-hmm. so they wouldn't be considered AWOL no more. So I told them, I said, these are my rules, mm-hmm. and I made the rules so simple. Hmm. Okay, rule number one. Do unto others as you have them do unto you. Mm-hmm. And I told him, as long as you go to school, like my father told me, as long as you go to school, mm-hmm. and your mama now don't complain to me <laughs> mm-hmm. about you, and you meet with me once a week, because as you know, you, you saw it. Mm-hmm. You saw how the program worked. Mm-hmm. You would be out in the streets with me. We'd be having a good time. Mm-hmm. And a kid would run up to me, Mr. Shaw, Sergeant mm-hmm. Shaw, Sergeant Shaw. This mm-hmm. is a, hey, and I told him, I don't care where I'm at. If you catch me out in the streets, mm-hmm. that counts as a meeting. Mm-hmm. So therefore, the kids were looking for me. Mm. I wasn't looking for them. That's interesting. That's really <laughs> cool, though. Because you saw. Yeah. yeah. And they was rehabilitated. I saw, it's, like, how and then I got they would work to, at different uh, restaurants. And, they saw how yeah. I lived. They saw yeah. how I was. They yeah. saw how I was a hustler because I mm-hmm. never stopped hustling. Mm-hmm. And like I told them, y'all just hustling the wrong thing. And mm-hmm. I showed them how they were businessmen. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I showed them how that as long as you go to school and become responsible, mm-hmm. that's how I got the four R's. There's rules, roles, responsibility, and respect. Mm. And say so the kids, first of all, the biggest problem is kids don't understand their role in life. Mm-hmm. Once, you ex- mm. once you explain a child's role, and I will tell them, your role right now mm-hmm. is what? You are a student. Mm-hmm. Your responsibility is what? To get an education, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. See, that's what you have, and take main learn how mm-hmm. to become independent mm-hmm. and not dependent. Mm. And I got that from my mother. My mother taught me. I'm teaching you how to be independent and not dependent. Mm. The only person you're supposed to depend upon is yourself mm-hmm. and God. Mm-hmm. That's good. <clears throat> okay. That's good. Okay. Yeah. And then. Uh, that's comes with oh, ah, that was your role. Mm-hmm. That's your responsibility. What is the role of a child? Mm-hmm. To get an education. 
Learn mm-hmm. how to keep his room clean. <laughs> have <to> have <laughs> That's your role, yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah. You don't understand what your role is. Yeah. You're trying to be grown and all these other things. Yeah. That's not your role. No, that's learn your role. And just stay as a kid. Stay as your kid. Enjoy I tried to life. Stay as a kid as long as I could have. It's a role. It's yeah. a one tank trip. Mm-hmm. You only have one time to be a child. Mm-hmm. You have the rest of your life to be grown. Mm-hmm. And once you explain that to a child and they see that, and they really yes. Yeah. Right now, you're not responsible for nothing. No lights, no gas, no phone, no house, no no car, no. Come on, <laughs> okay. man. You living, you got your best life, and you don't even know it. Yeah, yeah. That's good. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Enjoy your life. There's rules, rules, and respect. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you, first of all, you don't respect yourself. Mm-hmm. Because if you did respect yourself, you'd be getting the education. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that you could be somebody and treat yourself good. Mm-hmm. Two, you're not even taking care of your body. You mm-hmm. don't go to. You don't. You don't eat properly. You mm-hmm. don't sleep properly. Mm-hmm. You don't feed your mind. You don't feed your body. And mm-hmm. You don't feed your soul. Mm-hmm. You're all out of whack. Mm-hmm. That's real. Yeah. Yeah. So and that's your responsibility. Yeah. That's that's that ends up being our responsibility. Yeah. So you saw me grow up, and then I went to college. You took me to college too, right? One of the things day? about Collinwood yeah. was mm-hmm. they had the stars. Yeah, I went program. to Collinwood too. Yep, the stars you went to program. Collinwood. Yep. Our friends had this. We, you know, this is how we was. I mm-hmm. went to Collinwood. My brothers and sisters went to Collinwood. Mm-hmm. Your mother went to Collinwood. Mm-hmm. You know, that was tradition in our family. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the St. Clair, up in that rugby area. We all go to Collinwood, mm-hmm. okay, and that's just how it was. We went mm-hmm. to Collinwood. Now, well, I just had a flashback about <laughs> you in school, man, <laughs> with the stars. <laughs> that's how you got introduced to, co- to, to college. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. you got because I went to, to summer camp and with and the stars you, program uh, yeah. through the stars program mm-hmm. at John Carroll University. For mm-hmm. one week, mm-hmm. you got to live. It was on Notre camp. Dame. It was Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, Notre Dame. I apologize. College. It was Notre Dame. I mean, you. I mean, it's well, you did school. something at John Carroll. I don't remember something. <laughs> huh, okay. <laughs> See, I had you on so much stuff. Okay, but student teachers achieving real success program, and right. that's how there I got into go. education. But I saw you in education role with the. Juvenile I detention boot camp. So, yeah, right. and, and the Head Start. Head Start. Head head start. start. But I don't remember Head Start. My mom remember when you was in Head Start. That's yeah. right. And I used to work with, I was an assistant teacher in the Head Start yeah. program. Yeah, so it was That's in our blood. And social work was me and, my, and me and my sister's blood, too. Right. Didn't even know. Because my aunt, my aunt Carol, and mm-hmm. God bless her soul, she just passed. She was the first mother mm-hmm. of six or five children. Mm-hmm. Single mom to graduate from Case Western Reserve University and become mm. a social worker. Mm. So in our family, and my mm. mother was one of the first women, was the first woman mm-hmm. to be on the um, board of trustees at Tristone Baptist Church. 
It was mm-hmm. unheard of a woman handling money. Right, back right. Back in those days. And yeah. my mother was good with money. Right. So Pat, uh, uh, dang, I can't think of the pastor's name at the time. He also worked at the DH. He said, I don't know about y'all, but Miss, he said, Sister Yarbrough going to run and mm-hmm. <laughs> <Handle> my money. <laughs> and the church started making money, believe wow. it. Wow. Right. And yeah, been able yeah. to do stuff. Right. Yeah. So you could, yeah. and, and your Aunt Helen was one of the first seamstress, black female seamstress at Cleveland, uh, mm. fab, at, at Cleveland Fabric that mm. made the curtains for the schools. Hmm. So, so we've always had strong women, dominant mm-hmm. black women in our family. And so you are accustomed mm. to being around strong, dominant black women. I am. I def- that part so, I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, Even on my mom's side of my family, had dominant black women. Dominant so like it's the women. same thing. It's never been like... Oh, you know what yeah, I mean? Right, right. I've never you're, grew you're, up around that. That's so interesting. Right. I, I guess I, I, I just not I, recognizing I, that. I, yeah. I think our parents for that. Yeah. Because, you know, no wimps, baby. What, what was the line? Huh? Growing up, the no wimps line. No, that just said no, no but wimps. you remember how you used to, used to say it? No crybabies. Oh, ain't no. Uh, how did I used to say that? No crybabies. No crybabies, no wimps, and... Definitely no second chances. You oh, yeah. That? oh yeah. Wow. <laughs> See, man, that's happening when you do so much okay. and you're enjoying life so much, man. Sometimes people have to remind you and you say, Hey, people touch yeah. your mouth, but don't you remember what we did? And I'd be yeah. like, Wow. You know what's another thing too that I used to have that now I know the real meaning for oh, I used to have an OPP hat. Oh yeah. Other <laughs> people's property. Yeah. 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 You I don't know why you used to love my hat. <laughs> it was a scully. <laughs> Yeah, and then you have Adidas. What is it? What did Adidas stand for? All day I dream about sex. (laughs) Why did you used to have these different sayings? Because it was stuff. That's how it was. I like saying stuff. It meant stuff. I used to make. That's how I remember. That's how I remember. I would make up stuff. And the kids. That's why I gave everybody nicknames. I I was never good on names, so therefore I would nickname people. Wow. And yeah, I, that does. Yeah, everybody. Jerrica had Skeddy. I gave, called her Spaghetti Gaddy. legs. I called her yeah. Gaddy. She yeah. had little legs. Uh, that is Nine funny. Nine. You couldn't say Milana, so therefore, that's yeah, how she got Nana. the name, yeah. nickname Nana. Yeah. And oh, man, and the more, one of most of all, uh, boy, my brother, he used to just couldn't stand you. His <laughs> name was Cersei. Uh-huh. And, you, and he had the Jerry girl. Yeah. And you could not say Cersei. You used Uncle to Circus. call him Uncle Circus. <laughs> <laughs> and then he got mad at me because I wouldn't correct him. <laughs> <laughs> he said my kids were so disrespectful. <laughs> and I would let you call him Uncle Circus. So, it's so much. I man. know that is. Yeah, it's a so lot of memories. Yeah. Such great memories. Yeah. Man. So. Now you see me with I went from profound gentleman, well teaching to profound, profound gentleman, gentleman to messy roots to messy roots. Like how has that been? You as a dad watching, me. yeah, it, it inspires me because I've always said live your life until the end, mm-hmm. and I would always tell people uh, they said you would hear Jesus calling. Mm-hmm. Right now I don't even saying nothing, <laughs> 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 so. I'm, uh-huh. You know, you live till he call you, uh-huh. and so seeing you, it just inspired me. And it's how you, how mm-hmm. I went from this to that, and just mm-hmm. enjoying life, enjoying not not uh, not having uh, also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> 
one of the things was also that I, I remember was not only being versatile, uh, you did not want to be branded as one thing. No. And yeah. I never wanted to be branded. Yeah. Know? And also, it also helped in being a criminal. <laughs> it really did. Because being a criminal, I never stuck to one thing. Uh -huh. I always changed. The police would always say, your profile, profile. The police would always, well, whenever they catch, they would say, what is he doing now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they did. Cause, they did, I mean, no. Because you did real estate at one point. I did. Yeah, I you managed property. property. Ma yeah. I managed my own property management Yeah, company. yeah. And me and uh, Larry Bankston and them. Yeah. And that would, and then I got caught up in fraud on that. And yeah. <laughs> 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 We had, it was so funny now that you bring that up, man. That uh -huh. was so funny because what made me start, got out of the real estate game and we was managing property, mm -hmm. I was way ahead of my time even on that. Yeah. We was back there managing property and, and we had, I had become so successful in six months mm -hmm. that my partner was trying to take over. Mm-hmm. And it caused so much confusion in our in, 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 in our company. And mm -hmm. stuff. Sounds very familiar to my own story. We'll yeah, I know people in. we'll and, keep going. Yeah. And, 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 yeah. and then we, had, <laughs> we, we didn't hey, we didn't realize why our ideas were so cold yeah. until uh uh they were looking for black men mm -hmm. and we were one of the first black group of guys mm -hmm. back then to eat at the Growth Association. Hmm. And they brought us in, and I put the name of my company back then was Concerned Property Management. Mm. Okay, we was on Shaker Boulevard, and we was managing property. Mm -hmm. And that's when I realized, when I was up in the Growth Association, I was up there, mm -hmm. and we were being served, and when we was being served by black waiters, mm -hmm. and the black waiters and stuff came up congratulating us. Mm. And it inspired mm. me so much, they said, don't know you the first brothers we ever seen. Mm-hmm. And it was like keep on keep lifting. Up the good yeah, work. keep, keep up the good uplifting work. you all. But yeah. however greed yeah. set in. Yeah. And I got rich too quick. Yeah. And my partner was trying to take over the company. Mm -hmm. I ended up in court on us. Uh, illegal stocks. And <laughs> I like, what am I? I said, I, when I was a crook, hustling, selling weed and stuff, I ain't had these problems. <laughs> right, I'm trying right. to be a legitimate person and I got more problems being a good guy. Okay. I said, I'm out of here. <laughs> I, when I left out that courtroom, I took, looked at my partner because I was living in, I was uh, living in one of my apartments uh -huh. and part of my salary yeah. was I lived there rent free. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have to pay rent. Can you imagine? Your yeah. No rent, no car, no. No, that's real. And you know, so hey, I was rolling. I looked at him, I said, you can have this. <laughs> okay. You can have it, yeah. man. I don't need, I don't need this. Dang, that's crazy. And I walked away from it. What? think that this episode is going to influence a lot of people to actually consider what does it look like to raise a child? How do we expose children to more activities and things that they can actually get involved in so that they can grow and develop and be their best self? 
Um, and I hope that this also pushed you to think about how perhaps maybe you want to uh, talk to your parent about your upbringing and how are you growing up and listen to their perspective definitely for those who have kids so i'm excited um next week is the last week for this series um but i do want to continue to push you to listen to the messages podcast more and more and more and more <laughs> it is awesome i just love um just the conversations that we get to have so this is one of the longest episodes so i'm gonna cut it here um, normally our episodes are from 10 to 15 minutes, but this one, there was a lot. And I think that you all will enjoy the fact that I didn't cut this one short, um, or just chop this one up. I think it was needed to just go straight through. So enjoy you. all. I love you all for free. Continue to follow me, Marjavon, Marjavon.com. And don't forget to visit messyroots.org as well. Have a good one.